Good morning. Welcome to the First Universalist Unitarian Church. My name is Karen Monarski, and I have been a member of this congregation since 2015. I want to extend a special welcome to everyone joining us here and online this morning. Since 1870, UUASA has served as a vital voice for liberal religion in central Wisconsin. We are intentionally free society that welcomes all people just as you are. We celebrate the diversity of humanity and offer radical hospitality to people of all ages, sexual orientations, gender identities, races, ethnicities, financial means, and education, abilities, and religious backgrounds and beliefs. Wherever you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. We are currently worshiping both in person and online so be sure, to be sure to subscribe to the church's newsletter and follow us on Facebook or Instagram for updates. So I have a few announcements this morning. Next Sunday is our annual flower communion service. Please bring a flower to take part in this beautiful UU ritual. UU Wasa is hosting a Red Cross blood drive on Wednesday, June 15th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Please consider donating blood to help address a critical blood shortage in the U.S. To register, visit redcrossblood.org or follow the link in the Wednesday email. And with that, let us gather our hearts and minds for worship. Please join me in reciting the church's chalice lighting. You will find the words printed on the order of service. <laughs> right here. <laughs> we light this chalice for the light of truth, the warmth of love, and the fire of commitment. We light the symbol of our faith as we gather together. And then please join us in singing the gathering hymn, number 361 in your gray hymnals, Enter, Rejoice, and Come In. Don't be afraid of some change. Don't be 
afraid of some change. Today will be a joyful day. Enter, rejoice, and come in. Enter, rejoice, and come in. Enter, rejoice, and come in. Today will be a joyful day. Enter, rejoice, and come in. Please remain standing. Join me in reciting our affirmation. You'll find the words in the order of worship. They begin. Love is the doctrine of this church. The quest of truth is its sacrament, and service is its prayer. To dwell together in peace, to seek knowledge and freedom, to serve human need, to the end that all souls shall grow into harmony with the divine. Thus do we covenant with each other. In our doxology. skies let songs of hope and faith arise let peace good will on earth be sung through every land by every tongue this morning we have special readers for our story Mia and Tessa would you join me This morning, our story is What the Road Said, written by Cleo Wade, illustrated by Lucy D. Moyencourt, and published by Fewer Friends. Have you ever wanted to go in a different direction? Have you ever wondered if there was something more, something out there, something just different? I did too. Then one day, I was walking my usual way home, when out of nowhere, for no reason at all, almost as if it were magic, a road appeared. I could not believe my eyes, so I walked over to it and said, I said to the road, where do you lead? The road said, be a leader and find out. How do I start? I asked. The road smiled and said, you have already started. Well, what happens when I get there? We have just begun, said the road. Do not skip straight to the ending. Enjoy the beginning and the middle too. Which way do I go? That is your choice to make, said the road. But what if I go the wrong way? The road curved a little, almost as if it were giving me a hug, and said, do not worry, sometimes we go the wrong way on the way to the right way. What if I get scared? That is okay, you are brave, said the road. What, if, what does it mean to be brave? I asked. The road guided me through a very gloomy forest. Even though I was frightened, I trusted the road, and as it took one step and then another step after that, the road gently whispered, being brave is when you are afraid of doing something, but you do it anyway. Do not let what scares you keep you from continuing your path. Will I always move forward? Not always, said the road. Why not? Because sometimes you will stumble, back, stumble backwards and sometimes you will stand still. What if I fall? Everyone falls at some point, said the road, but I will always be there when you land. What if I get lost? 
There may be some days that feel long and dark, said the road, but I promise that no matter what, I will give you the evening stars and the morning sun to light your way. What if I grow weary or get hurt? I will give you the trees of all shapes and sizes to shelter you when you need to rest and heal, said the road. What if I get lonely? You are never alone, said the road. What if I change? Come with me, said the road. And as I moved forward, the road introduced me to a caterpillar and a family of seeds. We did not stay long. The road began taking me on a journey throughout the seasons. I watched summer turn to fall and fall turn to winter. And as spring was upon us, I realized we had gone in one big, beautiful circle. I looked down and found that I was standing in front of the caterpillar and seeds once more. Only the caterpillar was no longer a caterpillar. The seeds had turned to flowers of every color, swaying in the sun. The road raised me up and said, All things grow and change. That is the magic of being alive. You too will find your wings. You too will bloom. No living thing is meant to stay the same. What if I need help on my journey? Ask your fellow travelers along the way. What if they are mean to me? Lead them to kindness, said the road. How? By being kind. What if they want to fight? Lead them to peace, said the road. But how do I lead them to peace? By listening to their stories, telling them yours, and remind them that you are all on this journey together. What if the world around us is filled with hate? Lead it to love. How? By sharing the power of love with it, said the road. What, what if something unexpected happens? Keep going. What if there are mountains that feel too tall to climb? What if there are rivers that feel too wide to cross? What if, if getting my, what if I get my heart broken? What if I feel stuck? What if giving up is easier? Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, said the road. What if I can't do it? You can, said the road. How do you know? Because you have come this far, said the road. I said to the road, where do you lead? The road said, be a leader and find out. And that was our story for today. Please join in blessing those of us gathered here and those of us gathered online with may peace surround you. The words are printed in your order of worship. The mission and ministry of UUWASA is made possible by the generous support of its friends and members. Rather than pass a plate at this time, we've placed an offering basket at the back of the sanctuary for you to drop a gift in. You can also stop by our website, uuwasa.org, to make a one-time or recurring gift with your credit or debit card. Thank you for your support.
like to invite everyone into a spirit of prayer and meditation. If you're willing, start by putting your feet flat, firm on the ground. If you pray or meditate with your eyes closed, go ahead and close them. Let's start with a scan of our bodies. Focus your awareness on the top of your head. Maybe the air stirs. Maybe it's hot. As you move down, relax your jaw. Take a breath in and out. And let the tension out of your shoulders. Notice your beating heart. As you breathe in again, breathe deep into your stomach and slowly out. And let us pray. Spirit of life, we know that we are called to carry your good news, your healing love to those who are in pain and need. And even as we try, we see so many places where pain and arrogance seem to have the upper hand places where your healing love is needed, some of them too far away for us to touch, and some we've turned away from out of fear. We see the shame that grips the hearts of prisoners, the pain of those whose bodies, minds, or spirits carry some disease, the ignorance of those whose only goal is satisfaction of their own desires. So we ask to be shown what it means to give ourselves, to bring the promise of your good news to the world that we have been called to serve. We raise our hopes and prayers knowing that life moves within and among us, calling us to be people willing to love beyond belief. And now, dear congregation, let us call to mind all the joys and sorrows in our lives and let us meditate on them in silence together now. Amen. Please remain seated for our prayer hymn number 123, Spirit of Life. <laughs>
Across the country over the past few weeks, Unitarian Universalist congregations have been celebrating the annual rite of passage called Bridging. Bridging is a celebration to honor those in our community who are on the cusp of new adventures as they move to elementary school, from elementary school to junior high, from junior high to high school, and from high school to emerging adulthood. It is also an opportunity for congregations to rededicate themselves to the youngest members of our community. Because, as my colleague Kathy Smith writes, no church can survive for very long if it consists of only one set of people. A church is not the children's RE program, or the youth group, or a covenant group, or the knitting group, or the pride team, or even just the people who gather for worship on Sunday mornings. We are a whole that is greater than the sum of its parts. Like in our story, the children and youth we are recognizing today their journeys are clouded by many questions. They'll need friends and support along the way. And bridging is a time for us to remind each other and recommit to that support, even from afar, or as our ways of being together change. Bridging is also a time to lift up in gratitude that we have been enriched by the presence of these souls as children and youth in our community and offer our gifts and blessings in return. And bridging is an opportunity to reflect on our time together. Both our graduated seniors would like to share about their time at UUWASA and what they'll be taking with them, each in their own way. Alia.
I'm not prepared for the future. So many things that I just don't know. I cut my hair, bought a new shirt, new pair of shoes, and it's time to go. I finally found an apartment. Signed a lease on a car this month. I can't go back to the start now. Time doesn't slow down. I'm on my own. Guess my childhood is over now. I'm taking down my posters and I'm putting all my things inside a box next to a toaster. That's my closest thing to closure. I can't stop this roller coaster. I'm not ready to get older. I'm not ready to get older. Guess my childhood is over now. I'm taking down my posters and I'm telling all my friends we'll get together next October. That's my closest thing to closure. I can't stop this roller coaster. I'm not ready to get older. I'm not ready to get older. Hello, so my name is Alex Zavodowski, and I have uh, just graduated from Wasa East High School. And so I hate to start my speech with a cliche, but I'm going to start my speech with a cliche. So um, I'm going to start with what my definition of memories are. So for me, memories are the most important experiences of your life. Memories are this like dichotomous inclusion of all the greatest things that happen to an individual or me, as well as some of the worst emotions or maybe rather clouded or un misunderstood emotions or feelings that you felt or exerted during your life. And so for me, the beauty of memories um, and something that has been taught to me by the church is just because you have a poor or a misunderstood or 
bad memory doesn't necessarily mean that there's nothing that you can take away from that. And I feel like there's almost this extent of there's more to learn in some of the darkest, most unknown parts of your life rather than the pure felicity and joy that you have when some of the best experiences of your life. So I'm going to start with some of my absolute favorite memories of all time. And this church has provided a lot of them for me. So when I was younger, the winter and summer retreats were something that I looked forward to every single year, undoubtedly. Me, Henry, Bennett, and Leo Bowers, we were this trio of rascals who absolutely loved anything we could get away with at these uh, winter and summer retreats. And so at the winter retreats, I can remember um, staying up at night as late as possible until our parents would eventually bring us away from all the other parents in the main lounge, and I would listen in my room to some of the older adults um, talking and conversing and laughing and having fun. And for me, that sense of like community around me, um, it was super powerful and super meaningful for me, just to hear everybody else functioning and working in such a different way than what I was used to. And so going on to the summer retreats, we had these uh, chases that we would go on through the woods and stuff. I remember Tegan and Chloe Meyer had this uh, civilization that they made up in the woods behind one of the uh, campgrounds where people would go and use rocks as currency and we had this like little civilization going until me, Leo, and Henry started coming and ruined it for most people. So, um, And then of course Leo's father, Dan Bowers, always used to teach us how to do these crazy tricks with a frisbee. He could like tomahawk over it. It was incredible. And then uh, going on hikes with Josh Wright and he would, uh, he would tell us that we just had like a mile left or like five minutes left and uh, we got lost for a good at two hours, three hours at some point. And so these, these memories have brought a lot of meaning for me, but I feel like one of the most important memories is not necessarily the winter and summer retreats, but it was the barn dance a few years ago. Um, Henry and I were goofing around and we tackled each other and I ended up displacing my arm. I broke my radius and I went to the hospital ER right away. One of the worst nights of my life, but some of the, some of the important memories I gathered from that were more powerful than a lot of the things that I would have reached without being injured that night. So when we went to the ER, Henry's father was working and uh, it was like, hi, he's like, did Henry do this? And we're like, maybe, maybe not. And so um, just seeing the community surrounded me, somebody who I'd grown up with, obviously, I no blame, we were messing around, right? But his father being there to take care of me, to protect me, to make sure that I was going to turn out just as okay as I was. And so um, upon this journey, I had this physical therapist afterwards, and uh, I don't remember her name, but she was not a pediatrician. And so I was young at this age, probably around 13, 14, and her ways of teaching me to try to heal my arm were not exactly what I enjoyed. I hated doing the exercises, I didn't get along with her well, and most of all, there was this constant threat that I was going to have to go get surgery again, which would have pushed my ability to go back sports another three months. My ability to go back sports another three months. And so throughout this, I was so scared. I was probably some of the scariest few months of my life, but I got closer to my parents. I got closer to my mom. I got closer to people who cared about me. I received this cart from Henry of all this Batman comics that he had stored up in his room, and it was like I read all of them. It was like totally worth it, right? And so 
<laughs> Basically, memories, good and bad, are ultimately figments of the past. They drive our character greatly, but their ethical extent and meaning are generally what we choose to interpret them as. And so this church has taught me that interpretation is up to myself, and that as long as I'm respectful and compassionate to those who surround me, my interpretation is a valid component of my faith. So this church gave me equity at a young age, and they gave me the power of thought, as well as thoughtful freedom and ability to understand my world from when I was a very young kid, right? So this church has also given me my best friend. I already talked about Henry and Leo, and, and Leo specifically. I grew up with him. I became a part of his family as much as I could. His grandfather, as of late, passed, but was one of the most important figures in my life. When uh, we used to have Easter vacations together, um, he would invite me over and treat me as if I was another one of the Bowers family. Uh, this church brought me a new family, um, <laughs> Salim Serdi, always telling me, you look so much bigger than the last time I saw you. And Salim, I have not grown in like two years, all right? <laughs> he even did it this morning. He came up to me. He's like, you're so big. I'm like, I'm pretty much the same size, but it means so much that you look for me. Um, uh, one of the old RE directors, Samantha, called me Tank. Nowadays, they call me uh, the Wassa Monster in my soccer team, so I mean, there's some sort of translation to that later in my life. Um, the Sorensons, um, Jeff and all of his uh, sons always being a role model. I remember going over late at night, and they were all watching um, Lord of the Rings up in their attic, and my parents didn't really want me watching, but I think Max kind of let me watch a little bit of it, so. I, and for soccer, they were three amazing players, and they taught me how I could become a soccer player and always led me in the right direction. And so this church also gave me a way to understand the world for the way it was. Um, I can remember sitting downstairs watching one of the Simpsons episodes, not something you can say in a lot of churches, but um, with my father. And I remember having this like epiphanic moment of realizing that maybe the world was a little bit more than sunshine and rainbows. And that there's so many components to what I had to understand. And it was almost like this like aha moment that I had a lot more to go and I had a lot longer to go in my life and that I was just kind of scratching the surface. And once I, it was almost like a mental awakening of like there's a lot more that I'm gonna be able to accomplish in my life. And hopefully this is the beginning of uh, my emotional and metaphysical understanding of those around me. Um, this church gave me an actual family. Um, I've already mentioned Sleem and the Surtees and the Sorensons, and so the Cressies are also here today. And they raised me to cross-country ski. And that's something I can never, that sport is such an <coughs> impactful part of my life, and it drove me to not understand that I could reach almost any goal if I persevered myself enough. And so one of my favorite memories of Mr. Cressy is after a pasty feed at uh, uh, one of our ski camps. Um, it was like, <sighs> probably like negative 10 degrees. It was 10 up in Houghton and I had nowhere to go because we got done a little bit early and Mr. Cressy, Mr. Cressy welcomed me into his car and he was kind and he was comforting and it was one of his memories that will live with me for a long time because it showed that this was one of my first years with the ski team, but he was already ready to help me, and he was already ready to be there for me, and a model, and a role model for what I wanted to be in my skiing career, and what I wanted to be as a person. And so, and then this church also showed me an experimental look at society. Uh, three years ago, me, Danica, and Ruby went all down to um, Ohio UU summer camp, 
And so for context, this was summer in Ohio, so the lowest it ever got was 100 degrees, <laughs> right? And so <laughs> I remember uh, Ruby Fisher would wake up with me in the morning at about 4.30 because our sessions went from about 5 a.m., no, 6 a.m., to maybe 10 or 11 at night. And I wanted to run 5Ks. Like that, that was my, I was set on 5Ks. I wanted to master it. I wanted to do as well as I could. And she would wake up with me and walk around the track after like four or five hours of sleep in a, like maybe 95 degree weather, right? While I, it was awful. I hated it, right? But Ruby was always there for me. And so, and then at some point throughout the trip, I got super sick. I wasn't eating. Um, obviously, the heat changed. Some, the environmental change, I didn't feel super, super good, right? So Danica was actually the person who forced me to eat. And so that is something that, I mean, I'll remember for a long time. It, was, it, it showed kindness, it showed that you guys cared, and it showed that there was things that I needed to understand that I couldn't figure out yet. And so with all of this said, this church has instilled a bunch of core values in me. It's instilled understanding. Instilled a choice of faithfulness, being able to have conversation with my parents about what I believe, what I don't believe. Uh, it's given me determination um, with my skiing, with my soccer. Um, it's allowed me to translate intelligence that I may possess to other of my activities, such as soccer, trying to find how I can uh, use intellect in different ways that aren't just in school or with my friends. And then what my mom thinks is the most important is kindness. And so I, everyone in this room at some point has shown me or somebody else in this church the absolute fullest of their heart. And it's, it's beautiful. And I really, I, I cannot thank everybody in here enough for allowing me to be raised in such a community where there's no, no barriers. You are allowed to be whoever you want to be as long as you respect others the same. So, I mean, the memories I've created this room, as well as the allowance for myself to formulate my own ideas, has shaped my character and shown me the true kindness of this world. A church community is beautiful, and even with all of the uh, problems and issues or all the times that I told my parents, like, can we go home? Coffee hour is way too long, right? <laughs> um, I will forever admire and adore those who raised me with the greatest of intentions. So thank you very much. To begin our bridging ritual, I want to invite our upcoming sixth grader and their family to join us. Tessa, as you move forward to being a sixth grader, know we delight in seeing your eager face and love to hear your thoughts and ideas and questions. Thank you for sharing and teaching with us. We have for you a special gift, a kite. I hope you're learning and heart soar just like it.
Congregation, please repeat after me. We bless you. We love you. We will continue to support and nurture you. Let's have a hand for Tessa and her family. Now, none of us can make it on our own, and in recognition of all the wonderful folks who have served with our children and youth this year, I invite all who led RE this year to come forward. Sally, we should have just had you stand stay up here. <laughs> Sorry. Now, not everyone could be with us this morning, so this next blessing is for Joni, Anne, Sarah, Jimmy, Karen M., Kate, Karen P., Jamie, Sally, Leanne, and Greg, we offer you this blessing. Please repeat after me. We bless you. We love you. We thank you. Let's have a hand for our volunteers. Thank you all. And now, will our bridging graduating seniors and their parents please come forward? Alia and Alec, as you move forward into emerging adulthood, know it has been an honor to be here with you and to watch you grow and take on the challenges of the day. We cherish the many gifts you have shared with us, your vision, your energy, your questions. We applaud all the work you have done to get to this point and all the obstacles you've had to overcome. And we are so excited to see what lies ahead for you. Along with our love and best wishes, this morning we have a gift for you. Whether these chalices sit on your home altar or your dresser or your bookshelf or maybe even tucked into a little tiny part of your closet, we hope that you will re they'll re excuse me, remind you of the light of truth, the warmth of community, and the fire of commitment. Go in peace, return with joy, knowing wherever your goals and travels take you, you will always have a home with us. Greg, Ingrid, Celine, and Dawn, we offer you our thanks and gratitude for making UUWASA your family's spiritual home. In doing so, you have given us hope, and purpose. Thank you, and may you know joy and peace in your family as your youth cross the threshold to the next stage of their journey. Oh, yeah. 
Please repeat after me. We bless you. We love you. May your life unfold with joy. Let's have a hand for our graduating seniors. everyone in our congregation to speak now the names of loved ones who are also at important milestones in their lives so they can be added to our blessing. Colton. For all those just named and those that remain unnamed but in our hearts, and for all of those we have celebrated today, I offer our final blessing from Robert Kaufman's prayer for our children. We wish for you a storm or two that you may enjoy the calm. We wish for you tranquility in time of trial. We wish you a cool breeze on a warm day and pale white clouds that you may better appreciate the blueness of the sky. We wish you darkness that you may see stars. We wish you anticipation of high adventure, and we wish you the courage to avoid battle. We wish you a sense of wonder and poetry and music. We wish you companionship that you may appreciate solitude. We wish you a friend who will understand you, and understanding so that you may have a friend. We wish you may become all that you wish to be, and more than you hope you can be. We wish you a flower to smell, a hand to touch, a voice to cheer, a heart to gladden, and we wish you someone to love as we love you. And may it be so. Please join in singing our closing hymn, hymn number 131, Love Will Guide Us. You'll find it in the gray hymnal. Change the world. 
Please have a seat, relax, enjoy the postlude. Amanda graduates, we'll see you in a moment. 